Chapter Sixteen of the Girls of Friendly Terrace by Harriet Loomis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen A Belated Invitation. Priscilla's curiosity grew overnight. When she waked Saturday morning, she found herself unable to think of anything but the singular episode of the preceding afternoon. She recalled the absorbed faces of the women who had watched Elaine, the suppressed eagerness of their triumph when she turned about, and lastly Elaine's incomprehensible panic over finding herself observed. Priscilla racked her brains for a possible explanation, but her imagination was unequal to suggesting any that was credible to Peggy's next-door neighbor. It was not long after breakfast when she presented herself at Peggy's door in the hopes that Peggy might be able to throw light on the situation. Peggy was doing the chamber work on the second floor, and Priscilla was glad to assist in the ceremony of bed-making, because of the opportunity this afforded for an uninterrupted discussion of the mystery. "'I want to talk to you about yesterday,' she said in the carefully lowered voice which seemed appropriate to the situation though, as a matter of fact, she might have shouted without attracting anybody's attention. "'I've thought about it all night.' "'Me too,' Peggy's tone was enthusiastic, especially that Andante movement. "'Oh, Peggy!' Priscilla twitched a sheet with an energy that pulled it away from the foot of the mattress, and sent Peggy hurrying to repair damages. "'What nonsense! As though I was thinking of Andante movements or any other kind. I mean about Elaine. Wasn't it nice to see how she enjoyed it?' she really knows a lot about music and the more you know the better you appreciate it especially classical music peggy was clearly talking against time advancing her by no means original views with an earnestness which was far beyond their deserts priscilla was conscious of a feeling of irritation she did seem to enjoy the music i'll admit but apparently she doesn't enjoy meeting old acquaintances quite the opposite she didn't meet any old acquaintances said peggy quietly those women thought they knew her, even before she turned around, and after that they were sure. They might have been mistaken for all that. Peggy smoothed the comforter anxiously, as if to have it lie without a wrinkle was the most important matter under consideration. If they were mistaken, why did Elaine run? The suspicious thing was her being frightened to death the minute she found anybody noticing her. If she hadn't done anything to be ashamed of, Peggy felt the time had come to discard the policy of evasion. She straightened herself, looking across the billowing bedclothes, straight into her friend's eyes. Elaine hasn't any reason to be ashamed of anything she has done. What is the matter, then? There's nothing I can tell, Priscilla. Nothing you will, you mean. If you know about it, it wouldn't be any more than friendly to explain. There's nothing I can tell, repeated Peggy firmly. Priscilla found the reiteration irritating. I suppose she's confided everything to you, and expects that we'll take your word for her. Well, I won't, for one. We don't know anything about her, except that she can be mighty disagreeable when she tries, and yesterday capped the climax. I shan't have anything more to do with her till I know what it all meant. That's for you to decide. Peggy's tone was decidedly cool. Her hands trembled as she twitched the coverlets into place. The intensity of her sympathy, kindled by Elaine's pitiful story, perhaps rendered her incapable of doing full justice to priscilla unfortunately her manner fired the jealous resentment which was priscilla's greatest weakness of course if you're going to take sides with her peggy raymond against your best friends if you're going to throw me over just because how silly snapped peggy oh please priscilla don't pull those bedclothes up from the foot again priscilla's face was white 
i see i'm in the way that girl has spoiled our friendship you've never been the same peggy since elaine marshall moved to friendly terrace how silly exploded peggy angered by the injustice of the charge and momentarily abandoning her usual tactful methods as if anybody but our two selves could spoil our friendship she watched priscilla's dignified withdrawal without protest she was tired of these scenes she told herself it was time priscilla had a good lesson she punched a pillow into place with a vehemence implying that she held it solely responsible for all that had occurred as for priscilla she closed the door behind her with the feeling that she had burned her bridges and that no retreat was possible all was over she had been very fond of peggy but peggy's fashion of losing her head over every new girl who came to the terrace was bound to grow tiresome peggy had clearly indicated on which side her sympathies lay she had chosen elaine in preference to the friend of many years standing by the time priscilla was at her own door she was ready to believe that she had been most unfairly treated priscilla was not the sort of girl to rest quietly under a grievance her first impulse was to assert herself to prove to all observers how little she cared accordingly she burst in upon her mother with the request may i have some of the girls to luncheon next saturday mother i don't mean two or three i'd like a dozen or so a real party let me see mrs combs was accustomed to these impulsive outbreaks on priscilla's part what day is saturday the thirteenth i have an invitation to luncheon myself for that day still you could manage without me i dare say oh yes i don't want anything elaborate only nice you know and susan's cousin can come to wait on the table she does it very nicely and doesn't charge much of anything priscilla hurried to her writing-desk and pulled out her note-paper a party without peggy could there be a better way of asserting herself and proving how little she was moved by the loss of peggy's friendship she dashed off the invitations as hastily as if she were afraid to give herself time for reflection peggy was not long in hearing of priscilla's luncheon party and the non-appearance of her invitation was a secret she kept to herself that she was hurt goes without saying the two girls had been friends for years and up to this time peggy's ground of complaint had been the excess of the other's affection rather than any lack it was hard to believe that priscilla was planning so pronounced a slight she tried to make herself believe that there was some mistake but the passing days brought the conviction that the omission was deliberate and that the chief purpose of the little festivity was her open humiliation this would have been bad enough but to make matters worse peggy's conscience took a hand an uncompromising monitor was this same conscience sternly denying peggy the luxury of self-pity and arraigning her in a fashion little short of merciless ardently it pleaded priscilla's cause her suspicions of elaine were not without foundation peggy herself might have shared them had it not been for the extraordinary story to which she had listened in any case she had failed to show the patience due one friend from another she who prided herself on her tact had been brusque and tactless knowing poor priscilla's weakness she had not been on her guard she had lost her friend and for her comfort had the reflection that it was in part at least her own fault it was a blue week for peggy and hardly better for priscilla she studied cookbooks, planned out her menu and tried to think that her low spirits were due to dreadful doubts as to susan's salad dressing while all the time she knew that she missed peggy she wanted to ask her opinion as to whether to order the ices from birds or connolly's and to consult her about the place cards how loyally peggy would have counselled and lent her aid many a time she had helped some distracted hostess till she had barely time to fly home and change her dress before the appointed hour saturday was cloudless a fact which priscilla came near resenting 
gray skies and a drizzle of rain would have harmonized better with her mood mrs combs was puzzled by the overcast face her daughter brought down to breakfast what is it child anything wrong with your plans no i guess everything's all right priscilla responded in the most doleful of voices a pleasant hostess is the chief factor in making pleasant guests i advise smoothing a few of those wrinkles out of your forehead when you attend to the rest of your toilet advised mrs combs smilingly and she was more puzzled than ever when priscilla received her counsel with a sigh the luncheon hour was set for one o'clock but at half-past twelve the girls began to arrive formality never being much in evidence on friendly terrace wonder if peggy's here yet ruth remarked as she stood before priscilla's mirror giving her hair the little caressing pats whose importance every girl understands i don't believe peggy is coming it was blanche estabrook who made the remark apparently without realizing its importance ruth and amy whirled about not coming they exclaimed in a breath she was on elaine marshall's back steps talking to her as i came by she had on a blue gingham and that didn't look very much like going out to luncheon blanche ran down the stairs leaving amy and ruth gazing blankly at each other now i think of it i believe something has been wrong all week amy exclaimed priscilla has kept to herself hasn't she i don't remember her walking home from school with peggy i don't believe she has to think of her not asking peggy ruth gave a refractory lock a jerk which threatened to undo all in a moment the result of much patient labor i really think i wouldn't have come myself if i'd known downstairs the early arrivals were chatting gaily ruth and amy descended together to join them feeling little in the mood for festivity of any sort if it had been anybody but peggy amy said angrily on the way down and ruth replied seems as if there must be some mistake amy perhaps she'll come after all the doorbell rang several times before one o'clock but no breathless peggy appeared apologizing for the delay and smiling on everybody ruth made no efforts to be entertaining but sat watching the door and making absent replies to the girl who sat next her amy too was uneasy and curious little lulls occurred in the conversation a phenomenon almost unheard of when a group of girls are together well i believe we're all here priscilla announced at last excuse me for a minute while i tell susan she rose and stepped into the hall in an instant amy had followed closing the door behind her priscilla amy's excited tones were plainly audible in the room where the girls sat waiting though not her words you don't mean that these girls are all the party certainly they are priscilla eyed her friend suspiciously but there are thirteen of us do you think i'd sit down thirteen at the table and on the thirteenth of the month too amy was very much in earnest her plump good-natured face was actually pale i tell you i wouldn't think of such a thing i believe there are thirteen ray fletcher couldn't come priscilla had recovered herself in a moment but that silly old superstition amy you don't mean yes i do mean it and there's lots of other people who feel just the same about it amy suddenly opened the door of the front room come here ruth we want you a minute ruth made her appearance expecting to be consulted on a very different matter amy's tragic explanation took her by surprise and she smiled a little oh well she was beginning and then checked herself as the possibility of turning amy's superstitious terrors to good account flashed upon her i simply won't do it amy was insisting and on the thirteenth of the month especially i wouldn't have another peaceful minute all the year ruth why don't you say something why don't you ask somebody else and make fourteen 
ruth offered the suggestion nonchalantly though her pulse had quickened there isn't anybody i can ask at the very last minute mother's gone to mrs why not ask peggy amy's excitement over the fatal number of priscilla's guests had made her temporarily forgetful of her earlier reason for disquiet at ruth's master stroke she gasped with admiration and promptly seconded the suggestion oh yes ask peggy she's just the one priscilla stood with downcast eyes and breathlessly her two friends awaited her answer for a moment the outcome was uncertain priscilla was quite capable of resenting such advice and earlier in the week would undoubtedly have done so but if peggy's conscience had been an uncomfortable companion priscilla's had not been less active and her anticipated triumph in having a party without peggy had proved bitter as dead sea fruit when she spoke her voice was tremulous in spite of her efforts to make it sound indifferent oh i don't believe peggy will come we had a little misunderstanding you see it wouldn't do any harm to try suggested ruth still painstakingly matter-of-fact while amy added with less tact if anybody would do it it's peggy she's the forgivingest thing peggy was at the dinner-table when there was an agitated knocking sound at the side door a breathless voice in the hall made inquiries of sally somebody to see you miss peggy was sally's grudging announcement she disapproved of people who came at meal-time to peggy's amazement it was priscilla waiting in the hall priscilla in her best white frock and with a pallor that was rather appealing i know you won't do it was her opening remark won't do what priscilla peggy was to be pardoned if her manner was a little formal there are thirteen of us and amy won't sit down at all but it serves me right if my party's spoiled after treating you that way priscilla gulped peggy's manner became less dignified you mean that there's thirteen and you want me for the fourteenth of course you won't come but it serves me right to have you say no priscilla bit her lip to keep from crying peggy threw a hurried glance at the mirror will my hair do i've got to change my dress of course you're going to do it priscilla fairly screamed oh peggy you're an angel you can't think how wretched i've been all the week and how ashamed oh you darling can you ever forgive me they rushed upstairs their arms about each other's waists don't make me cry pleaded peggy gulping down a sob because i really mustn't take time to wash my face you know i'll wear my pink i can get into that in a shake it was only fifteen minutes after the hour named on the invitations that priscilla's guests sat down to a very dainty and highly successful luncheon do you know i thought you weren't coming planche estabrook said to peggy as they took their seats i'm so sorry to be late and keep everybody waiting peggy answered with gentle regret and that was all most of them knew about the belated invitation but there was no doubt in the minds of any of the gay crowd that fourteen was a peculiarly lucky number on any day of the month End of chapter sixteen